Hello and welcome to another MANA podcast. My name is Jeff Glenn. I'm a pastor here at Lighthouse and it's my pleasure to take you through the Word each week. We've been in Genesis and it's been a couple weeks since we've seen each other. So Happy New Year. And last week we finished up uh, Genesis, well, we, we talked about Melchizedek, who was found in Genesis 14. We actually were in Hebrews. But this week we'll get back into chapter 15 and take a quick look at it today. And really what we see in chapter 15 is, is this great hope of, of the promises of God. And we see that through this interaction between Abram and God in this covenant that's created. And, you know, so it brings a question that, you know, don't you ever wish that you could see something that a Bible character saw? You know, I think about that, that's, that's pretty cool. But today we'll see that we can. We can see exactly what Abram saw in this chapter 15. So this chapter details God's promise to Abram and to prosper him with offspring so numerous that it would rival the number of the stars in the sky. And we see that in Genesis 15:5, when God, when it says, then he brought him outside and said, now look toward the heaven and count the stars if you were able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And this great part in chapter, in verse six, and he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. And so Abram's belief in what God had promised here was accounted to him as righteousness, not anything that Abram had done. So, uh, you know, today with, with light pollution and, and even atmospheric pollution, uh, depending on where you live, like, like it may not seem a quite remarkable large number to count, but it's not until you spend a night in the wilderness or out camping that you see this for what Abram saw, that the sheer magnitude of the nighttime sky with all of the stars in it. You know, and, and even, even if you're super nerdy, right, and, and you're going to tell me, well, what we see in the nighttime sky, some of those are just planetary bodies that are reflecting sunlight, and really it's only the suns out there that are the stars. So, so great. But even then... It's a staggering number, right? If you're able to discern between the stars and the planetary bodies that are just reflecting light, and you're able to count those and, and figure out how many there are. And so that's why it says, if you are able. Uh, the implication being is you're, you're not able to, right? So, and I would challenge you to try, try this. You know, and post your comments below that, you know, go out tonight or, or probably not tonight because it's going to be um, cloudy, but on a, on a cloud-free night, go out count the number of stars, you know, get a little pen and paper and kind of check off how many stars you see and then, and then let me know. Uh, no Googling, however. And so obviously God wasn't inviting Abram to do the same, right? He wasn't wanting Abram to get, to get a pen or a piece of charcoal and, and, a, and a skin of an animal and, and kind of check off how many stars he found. It was really this um, picture of God's magnanimous promise to Abram, this, this visual of a sky full of stars at night, you know, and, and we know that it's an awe to behold, and, and it brings us to a point of reverence and awe. And so to think that that would be the scale and scope of Abram's offspring. So we know today on this side of, of history, 
right? Currently, there's 8 billion people on the planet. And um, prior to Abram's time, you know, perhaps an, an equal amount. And so how many of those are exactly Abram's offspring? It's hard to say, but a good number of them for sure. And so um, equally hard to number exactly how many of Abram's offspring there are in the world today. And so the point, God's promise to Abram's was, was awesome and it was magnificent, you know, just in the sheer size and scope. And so, you know, sometimes in a movie, you'll see where the character has some kind of a flashback or some kind of flashing of events before their eyes. And what you see is, is these pictures going by the screen and they're kind of blurry and they're going by fast. And, you know, God, God could have done that to Abram with his offspring, right? Like ticked off all the off, offspring coming before Abram's eyes, but he didn't, right? So that's what I think is amazing is, is exactly what Abram saw, we can see as well. And so God's purpose was to, to show Abram the, the sheer magnitude of the promise that was before him. And then he does something that's equally as cool, that in order to provide assurance to Abram, God had him prepare a covenant offering. And so in that day, you know, that was the handshake or the, or the word is my bond or the signature on the dotted line that said that this was something that the two people were bound to, this agreement that two people were bound to. And so um, as, any, as any contract that we might sign today, it's, it's where both persons are bound to their agreement on penalty of whatever the, um, the contract is. But in, this, in, in Abram's day, what would, what would happen is, is they would do what is called cutting a covenant. And actually the word covenant comes from um, uh, an ancient word that means to cut. And so what they would do is they would, take the, take, they would choose animals um, that would represent the size of, of the um, deal that they were making. And, you know, so it would be some bulls or some goats or maybe some birds. And um, the big animals, they would, they would divide in half. And then they would, they would arrange those so that the two people that were cutting the covenant could, could, could walk in each from their own direction and meet in the middle, and that would be cutting of the covenant. And, and the implication would be is if you don't keep your end of the bargain, you'll, you might as well end up just like one of those divided animals laying there dead, um, kind of rotting. And so the symbolism here is, is important and that... Um, the understanding that it's serious business if you do not keep your end of the bargain. However, that's not how this covenant went down. We see it began that way. Abram, he selected the animals and he killed them and he prepared them and arranged them um, for the covenant ceremony. And, and then he waited. He was, he was waiting for God to come in and he waited some more. And then it was at this point that, that the, the exposed flesh of the animals was attracting vultures and, and vultures were coming in and they were trying to get their feed of meat. And, and so Abram was, was busy swatting them away and spending his energy and effort trying to, to preserve this covenant arrangement so that God could come in and, and meet him in the middle. And Abram eventually, after all this waiting and, and effort, grows tired. And he was uh, trying to do his best to meet God, but he fell asleep. And it was then that God completed the covenant. It was then that God took it upon himself in his strength, by his authority, and his signaling that he alone was, was the keeper of the covenant. 
So despite Abram's weakness, right, in that he was unable to, to stay awake after, you know, the, the, the chore of preparing the animals and fending off the vultures, I'm sure this was a, a very long day for Abram. And of course, at the end of the day, we, we all get exhausted and Abram was exhausted and he fell asleep. And so that was, but then that was when God came in and completed the covenant on his own. And so there you have it. Listen closely because we have a God initiated, God performed or, or God completed. So God initiated, God completed, and a God sustained covenant. Now that should ring a bell to you Bible people out there. Um, and we'll explain that next week. But in the meantime, if you figure out where you've heard that before or that concept before, add that to the comments as well. And until then, um, stay encouraged and stay in the word. Thank you.